0: Hey everybody, it's Jason, and uh, before we get started, I just wanted to take a second here uh, to dedicate this episode to those who we lost this past week and the horrible goings-on in Las Vegas. Obviously, nothing is going to make up for what happened there. Uh, Troy and I are going to spend the next hour, maybe two, uh, just trying to take you away from it, uh, give you a break from the real world, make you laugh and entertain you a little bit, and I hope we'll be able to do that. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's talk about a little wrestling, but uh, more than anything else, let's just uh, let's be kind to each other.
1: Deep Thong Ladies and gentlemen, we are
2: live tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling and this is the
1: main event of the evening please welcome your host for today
2: jason is here
0: dude I, I swear to god i'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like
2: <laughs> and troy is here hey I call them like I see something, alright?
1: Uh, look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, I'm not! It's enough! And it's time for...
2: The Rundown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is the rundown wrestling podcast episode 314 i am your co-host troy and here with me today fresh off of appearance on the wrestling podcast about nothing it's mr positivity jason Yeah,
0: that's the first time I've ever uh, received that title. But I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, Yeah, I had a great time. Uh, I hung out with uh, Mike Crockett last night in the uh, wrestling podcast about nothing. I encourage you guys to go check out our appearance. We discussed something we sort of danced around here uh, at one point on the rundown, the worst debuts for guys who would become stars. I think we did worst debut gimmicks on our show. But I had a great discussion, got some good feedback, and a good time. So hopefully uh, we'll we'll be able to cross-promote with them a little bit more often.
2: That is awesome, and hopefully their host is out more, so you get more opportunities for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, the kingpin was uh, traveling to Disney, so I'm not sure how often uh, on an indie guy's salary that is that is doable. But that's you know we'll, we'll see what we can do.
2: That is true. Uh, that is true. But uh, really awesome to hear that you're branching out there and getting on a couple of new a couple of different shows. And uh, yeah, I, I intend to give that one a listen. Sadly. I do not have an unlimited phone plan because Verizon sucks my dick, so I was not able to download it when it first hit. So, should have should have checked that before I left for work. But anyways, um, I have an uh, an important question for you this week, Jason. What's that? Within the past two weeks, Mm -hmm. how many dicks do you think Page has (laughs) sucked?
0: We're no longer live on YouTube, so people can't see when you gesture like that. But uh, I, for the sake of... <laughs> I was giving uh, you the answer. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to take your hint
2: and say ten? That's right, it's time for the perfect ten.
1: The perfect ten! A ten! A ten! A fucking ten!
2: Leading things off, let's go ahead and bring back an old staple of the show. Our favorite game. Will they... Or won't they fist? All right. So we got (laughs) this. This was literally like we had talked about it last week. um, And I think the week before as, as well, where we had said, you know, if they were going to do a shield reunion, were they really going to waste it on the Lion King and Kurt Henning's son? And the answer is Fuck no.
0: (laughs) Despite uh, how much joy Sal took and goes, I thought you got... No, no, Sal. Once again. No. 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 Yeah, no. uh, This week it became increasingly clear, in case you missed the memo last week, but it is going to be uh, the Miz joining forces with The Bar. That would be, of course, Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, And they are going to be the ones... Moving into the next pay-per-view, TLC, to face the Shield. At least we think it's not official Possibly. yet. Not Possibly. official. <laughs> it's sort of dancing around it a little bit. Yep. Um, yeah, and I don't know if, how many people thought the Enzo segment was the end of Raw and turned off, but if you didn't turn off the end of Raw, they did a segment uh, where you had Roman Reigns sitting, and then Ambrose comes in, I think, from his left, and Rollins comes in from his right, and it sort of looked like they were all kind of holding up their arms like they were about to fist, like they were thinking about fisting, because I mean, no one else was in the locker room, so if you're going to fist, that's the yeah, time to fist. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I definitely saw some lube on the table there, so I, I think we're going to fist, but maybe we, we just ran out of time. So. Well, not we. That's why you should get, the, get the WWE Network. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they ran out of time, but that's why you should get to the WWE Network, because live over there right now is a fisting session with the S.H.I.E.L.D. members. <laughs> <laughs> so um is this is this a good enough reason to bring the shield back together though the miz and so they're let's call them shiz aro <laughs> is it good is it is this a, this a good enough reason to bring the shield back together
0: uh i like bar mizva personally okay uh, but uh no I, well the answer is no it's not a good enough reason in kayfabe but it is the reason because for this next pay-per-view they have no Lesnar they have no Cena they pretty much don't have Braun in a main event position at this point so what else do they have left except to try to draw buys and ratings and views by giving them something that they can actually provide with the guys they have available and that is the shield reunion of course and that's what we're getting so
2: that is that is what we're getting and and while i thought it would have been nice to give a little rub to curtis axel because i've always been a big axel fan, i understand the need to kind of ditch them but it doesn't make a ton of sense why these guys got together um and it doesn't make a ton of sense why roman reigns really needed the help on this and i mean yes we've had we've had you know Shazaro and, and Seamus, Cesaro and Seamus sorry, uh, facing off against the Shield for a couple of times here but I still haven't really felt like these guys needed to help each other at all and come together so but we're getting it so here we go, we can shut up about it now <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it does it does seem rushed,
0: I, like I said, I think if you really wanted to draw money the money was in putting Balor with Gallus and Anderson and doing the club versus the Shield, I think that would be that would be headline-grabbing. That would be money-making. That would be the way to do it. Uh, but they're not going that route because they clearly hate Gallows and Anderson. So. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, very true. And and we have plenty of time on, on, on this, but instead we're just like, ah, fuck it. Uh, Jeff Hardy got hurt, so we can't spend off the Cesaro and Sheamus to face off against them. And uh, Scott Dawson isn't healed up yet, so I guess we'll just go with this.
0: Yeah, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do. Although, uh, it's probably popular with our folks out in California, where Roman Reigns is from, uh, and apparently where we are quite popular, Troy.
2: We are fucking awesome. (laughs) See how I worked that in there? Yes. Yeah. This is why you you should tune into... Oh, no, wait, you can't. Nope, that was just us. (laughs) (laughs) You guys should have been watching YouTube. Sorry. Yeah. But instead, we'd yeah. shut it down.
0: <laughs> but shout out to our listeners out in the sunshine. Not the sun that's Florida. The what is it? The this California. No. Nope.
2: You already fucked it up.
0: Yeah, I know. Bear Country? <laughs> no, no. I don't think that's it. No. And the Well, the home of the uh, reigning NBA champions, the Golden State Warriors. So there you go.
2: And and the the birthplace of my quarterback and my boo, Aaron Rodgers. So
0: yes that's true very true all
2: right so uh speaking of tag teams hastily thrown together hey uh remember that dude that got brought over to raw and smackdown was just like you, you, you just take him," uh, and we wound up bro- breaking up a really good team and we're then we tried to kind of get him over by himself um hey jason what's what's the best way that we can think of to get jason jordan over uh,
0: well, you could you could have him win the Intercontinental title. No, we're
2: not going to have the defendant at the next pay-per-view.
0: You could have him uh, pull off an upset against, I don't know, John Cena? Cena said no. No, okay. Um, Well, Roman Reigns is pretty big. An upset win over Reigns would probably do it. Uh, Sorry,
2: Vince, would shoot me in the face if I did that. Yeah, it's true, it's true.
0: Um, I don't know, maybe a big singles program for the next pay-per-view, so somebody, I don't know.
2: Gotta put him in a tag
0: team. Oh shit, why didn't I think of that?
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, what happens when one Hardy brother goes down? My black son. He gets put in there. <laughs> yeah, this is so. the
0: dumbest shit. I mean, we literally broke up one of our best young tag teams to push Jason Jordan as a single star. We saddle him with this ridiculous, horrible gimmick that just turns the fans on him. And the payoff for him is you don't win the Intercontinental title. We set up a future storyline for you at the Intercontinental title. Then we decide we're going to put the Miz with the shield, so that's off the table. And we'll, I don't know, fucking we'll throw you with Matt Hardy or something and you can job out to the, the club.
2: Yeah. Yep. That is something that happened. So... Stick one of the, the hottest new guys with one of the oldest guys you've got on your roster. Good good call.
0: Yeah, and it's not great for Hardy either because this, if anything, were to tell you they don't see money in Hardy as a singles guy, broken or not, it's this because here's your opportunity. Here's your chance to, to make him credible and legitimate as a singles guy, and instead you're throwing him into just a bullshit mixed-in – nothing happening tag team with another singles guy. Um, I, apparently, they think the formula of Jason Jordan and a white guy is what the, gets the job done, but uh, it doesn't. And
2: it's, well, <laughs> I feel bad for the guy, because I really do. Considering that their formula for Chad Gable is Chad Gable and a black guy, I'd say <laughs> say that we're pretty much uh, yeah. par for the course of this one. I mean, if – like, Here's the thing. If
0: you wanted to do this fucking Kurt Angle thing, just bring Alpha over. Then tell the story Mm -hmm. of eventually... You could tell a great story. You bring them over as a team. They're winning matches, but Jordan's getting the pinfalls. And slowly over weeks and months, you start to see a little dissension as Jordan starts to believe that he's better than Gable and... You know, he's the reason the team is successful and then you break him up and then he blames Kurt and says it's Kurt's fault for getting in to bring him over and like there's so much so much story you could tell here that would make sense that wouldn't make these guys look like fucking morons, but instead it's like, hey uh oh what what was the fucking do you remember what the setup was for this? Oh yes, that's right the the club called Jason Jordan a nerd. That yep. was the heat for this match.
2: yep. That's... That was, that was it. Yeah, that was, that was it. That's... And that was enough. And that was enough for him to be like, I, I guess I'm with the old dude with the weird white streak in his hair. Mm-hmm. I will so... say
0: this. I will say this. Uh, <laughs> in spite of my understanding, the nerds thing has gotten over.
2: It does seem to be. They <laughs> It does get a pop. I will say that.
0: The crowd is into it.
2: I will agree with you on that. Yeah, but the crowd is into weird things. Um. And the the only like thing fisting. I can hope is that maybe, yeah, like fisting. Yeah, my hope here is that maybe this this will finally be the catalyst um to to break Matt Hardy, and then he can spin off and face off against a dude who's going to dress up like a woman at the next pay per view. That's right, Bray Wyatt is going to be bringing Sister Abigail to the show, and we got what was perhaps one of the best promos he's given in a while. Um, and at least one of the the more interesting moments um, that we've had between this feud that for some ungodly reason is still going on, because mm-hmm. uh, as Finn Balor correctly put it, you beaten you've got beat by the demon, you got beat by Finn Balor the dude in the leather jacket, uh, so now you're gonna face Finn Balor the dude in the leather jacket. So what you gonna do, brother? And leg like, ban. I got I'm gonna dress up like a woman, and I'm gonna show you my sister Abigail. So Okay, yeah, so, so for those who don't know, <laughs> let's 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 Oh I'm sorry, I'm I'm jumping I'm jumping I'm jumping the wide family shark here. Yeah let's let's clear yeah. things up a little bit here.
0: Uh for those who don't know what Troy is referring so, to is for... The, the popular rumor search surfing the internet at the moment is that uh, there is in fact no female character who is going to play Sister Abigail. Uh, the storyline will be that Sister Abigail is a spirit that lives within the body of Bray Wyatt, sort of his alter ego similar to um, Finn Balor's the alter the ego of the devil, of the demon. Um, the re- I don't necessarily know that I buy this this rumor um and the reason being there's a lot of a lot of reasons that that wouldn't work for me and i don't mean personally but i mean in terms of kayfabe um not the least of which is we heard a woman laughing so Mm -hmm. either Bray's vocal cords are incredibly diverse uh and can can move up and down uh the what's the not the spectrum but the i don't know what the fuck they call it that Oh, he's on the spectrum, all right. All <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. Um, or
2: there's got to be a chick. There's got to be a chick. Has so let's let's run down the the possible people that we could we could get as Sister Abigail. We have uh, Sarah Bridges, who, of course, on the Indies was Crazy Mary Dobson, who's been rumored uh, for this role for a while. So yeah, and and she would be very good at it. Um I don't think that they would break it up, but you do have Nikki Cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I would agree would also be really good. Um there's always a possibility that um, secretly Rosemary has signed with WWE, but I doubt that. No. Yeah. Although she would be really good at this as well. Yes. Um and you there's know, Paige. I mean, Paige for sure is is one that, that I could see, but I think there's too much, you know, built up with her but yeah, I could see them turn around and be like, "I've been doing this the whole time, man. My my baby sister's really British for some reason." <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so they, um, there they was another
0: th- there was another I f- oh god I forget her her WWE name but the the former Rosie a of love there um I forget what the name oh yes. she posted something on Twitter immediately after that that sort of hinted that she oh. was. Saying that she was going to be Sister Abigail, so um, there are people, and, and of course, those are always red herrings, and they're trying to get more followers and clicks and things like that. But at this point, we just don't know. Um, there well, are
2: we I, also we also can't rule out uh, Mika Rotunda, the sure. actual sister of Bray Wyatt, uh, who because she wouldn't need to wrestle. Uh, already works for the company in a production role. Mm-hmm. Would be easiest to uh, to slide her on in there as Sister Abigail.
0: Uh We or... can't. We can rule out Bray Wyatt's wife uh, because she is currently <laughs> suing the WWE.
2: Yeah, and I don't think that JoJo really fits the bill because that was kind of a white face. But there now that but he's But we didn't free, see the ass, so it could. That's true. True. We didn't see the ass, but now that he's got nothing going on for SummerSlam could still be bow <laughs> that's all i'm saying uh, but enough speculation on that because who knows what's going to happen there but
0: uh, i will say i do hope the... that we go
2: ahead. go ahead i
0: was gonna say i will say it's the first time since they've started this feud that i've actually been interested in where they're going with it um yeah. you, you pointed out the idiocy of you know okay well you know i, I you can't beat the demon. You're right. I can't beat the demon. Well, you can't beat the man either. Yep, can't beat the man either. And now, because the man beat him, now his theory is that he's really the demon, and the man is the character concealing the demon. Like, I, oh. fuck me. Like, I, I, I don't know. But um, I, I did find it interesting. I thought the whole promo was, was done well. I thought the uh, the video was compelling. Obviously, the way they ended it. Uh, so I'm actually finally looking forward to seeing where this goes.
2: Yeah, and if it if it shows up as very white and drag, oh, well, at least we went there.
0: <laughs> well, they did uh, say they were going to have more LGBTQ characters. So
2: that is true. Uh, and speaking of people who have kind of maybe crossed that line a little bit too far, Mickey James. I was going to go with an Arby's joke, but instead I went with a, a you know lesbian angle. Uh Mickey J- Mickey James and her feud with Alexa Bliss is actually really good. Mm. Um at least better than we've had from some of the other feuds that we had. But um I mean can the you fact the, that, here, here's here's right. my problem now, Troy, 'cause cause you've been
0: outspoken on this, I think, in the past, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was you. <laughs> um I fail to see how this angle where you're running around making jokes and telling everyone that Mickey James is an old lady is a whole lot better than when you were running around telling everybody she was fat
2: it's maybe a little less mean <laughs> <laughs> is it though um, i mean calling her old well first of all she looks amazing so and
0: but she was never fat either so that
2: doesn't matter <laughs> she she wasn't but i feel like that i feel like that's a lot more it's a lot more insensitive, um, especially considering that there is the, – I mean, I neither is good, but um, I think at least this one, there's a little better chance that Mickey James signed off on it because I really doubt that she signed off on everyone calling her fat and Piggy James. Um,
0: but well, she did get a title out of it. so
2: She did. That's true. Um, I guess it, this is a little bit better than – This is still a little bit better than just being like, this is over a dude kind of storylines that the women often do, Mm -hmm. um, or the bitches be crazy storylines that we get all the time. This is at least something that is a little little rooted in reality that, yeah, Mickey James is older than the majority of the Rotter at this point. Um, She's not ancient like they're making out to be, but that's kind of the heel's role is to take everything up to 11. So I'm I'm okay with it. I feel like there's much better things you could do because, you know, obviously this this is kinda of tailor made to be that, you know, uh if, if without Mickey James there wouldn't be Alexa Bliss, quote unquote, kind of things like that, where you sure. could play that off as you know, kinda of like what they did with, with CNN Reigns, you know, where they kind of talked about the whole passing the torch thing and, and the reluctance to pass the torch and you know, Mickey James came back to win a championship, not be a lackey. But instead, yeah, we're just going to make jokes. So, but it's okay. WB. So
0: okay. So here's my problem with this whole angle, though. Right? Uh, first off, Mickey looked fantastic. So this whole thing and Alexa was probably as smoking as I've seen her look. She was something about what they did with her on Monday. I don't know. She looked amazing. Um, that being said, I liked the. I, I sort of liked the gimmick of the depends and the Walker in the locker room. I thought that was kind of funny. I got chuck a lot of that. Uh, My issue comes from the fact of uh, why the fuck is Nia paling around with Alexa again? Didn't we just do a whole thing leading into and at the last pay-per-view where they, you know, Nia figured out Alexa was holding her back and dodging her and afraid to defend the title against her and yada 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 and that, don't, I don't recall that ever actually being settled. But now she's just happy and okay being Alexa's bodyguard again.
2: Yeah, oftentimes we've we've kind of seen it before where feuds are just kind of forgotten um and yeah this didn't really have a payoff and i guess you could see i can't even really say that because you know alexa kind of got fucked over not alexa sorry naya got kind of fucked over on some of her opportunities and yeah that she shouldn't really be happy to be back with alexa nope but i guess she is i mean (laughs) i mean emma still yeah Like Emma and Dana Brooke are still kind of seen together sometimes, and the two of them never really got their feud that they were going to have, so (laughs) that just just seems to have disappeared as well.
0: Well, let me ask you this question. If you're Emma, would you rather have had a match with Dana Brooke on the pay-per-view or been in that Fatal 4-Way? Or 5-Way, whatever the fuck it was.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, the the Fatal 5-Way for sure, but, you know, she's still... Not really being used, she got to got to be seen backstage laughing at Mickey James. That was the extent of her usage. <laughs> like haha, mm. oh, she had a match too, but it was it was a nothing match. but, yeah, I mean, but it is what it is. Um, so, <sighs> I don't have a good segue for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to go I was trying to go with a good one, but I can't. so which which one I are you going we'll just for? go to? It's gonna go four because then I have a segue from four into seven. Okay.
0: Um, well, um, yeah, I don't fucking know. <laughs> See, either. You can't come up with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Off the top of my head, I can't. Um,
2: well, we are gonna go from um, you know from trying to strap a saddle onto Mickey and riding around her around her like an ass to going with somebody who's saddled with a terrible feud. I'm just gonna go for it. Uh, so wow. Enzo Amore. Uh, I didn't say it was good. They are not. They can't all be fucking winners. Uh, Enzo Amori continues to be the highlight of the cruiserweights. Uh, I still don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And so, of course, we had Enzo with his whole, uh, no, none of the cruiserweights can touch me. Neville, we, we rode ourselves into a corner with Neville where he can't get a title shot because he kicked Enzo's ass. So this is a great opportunity to bring in a brand new cruiserweight, uh, one of these young NXT guys, or maybe we'll try to maybe we'll try to sign Rey Mysterio, even though he's like 400 pounds now. Uh, who he is can not? We get? <laughs> who who can we get to to face off against Enzo, who's not a current cruiserweight? Got it. Callisto.
0: That's impossible. That was the... That's that's impossible. Sal told us that Callisto will never be in the cruiserweight division.
2: That's true. And then Sal was wrong. And if you had asked the audience, the ones that were still there and didn't take a piss break at that point, they probably couldn't tell you that Callisto was not a cruiserweight because nobody cared about this. <laughs> there was fucking crickets on this announcement.
0: Yeah, I look, I thought, I thought this segment was awesome. I loved Enzo's performance. I was very skeptical of Enzo as a heel. I think he's doing an amazing job right now pulling it off. Um, whether it's feeding off real-life stuff, whether it's, you know, dirt sheet stuff, who knows. But the reality is that the in-ring product, the promos that we're getting from Enzo as a heel are making this whole fucking thing worth it. Um, Yeah. The way he's just kind of... Now, it's a double-edged sword because, as a fan, I'm being incredibly entertained watching him just rip the rest of the roster to shreds on the microphone. At the same time, I'm sitting here going, well... What the fuck am I watching 205 Live if if this guy's telling me all these guys are fucking you know, pieces of yeah. shit? Like, these are the guys that have centered that entire program around and you're telling me they're all fucking useless. So...
2: Yeah.
0: Like, I'll check out Enzo on Raw and that'll be it. Um, <laughs> if you did happen to check out 205 Live, you may have noticed that uh, Kalisto had his own little uh, music change again going back to his old music, the Lucha, Lucha deal. Uh... I can only assume it's because the intros to those two songs, that song sounded almost exactly like the intro to uh, TJ Perkins song.
2: Uh, sorry, that's That's PJ Torkins. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I also just realized that I completely forgot to play our, uh, voicemail oh. during the Bray Wyatt Ballard segments. So, well, I mean, um, it's not like anyone we texted to...
0: you to remind you to do it. So it's,
2: no, nobody did. He probably should have, um, and again, Google transcripts left me questioning what the fuck I was reading. <laughs> but <laughs> so anyways,
0: I feel like we should read the Google transcripts first, and then go okay. play the voicemail so people can go, "Oh, okay."
2: All right, we'll do it that way. So uh, we're going to push pause on on Callisto being a piss break order to go into your opportunity to take a piss break now as i read sales voicemail google transcripts never lied to me i never lied to me i never lied to me she never lied to me but you did wb you had a multiple occasions i swear to fucking god you better not fuck this up the three fucking years for three years we have waited for a why at swell Sister Abigail, to the WB universe, and finally this Monday night, Bree, why, it says this traffic is Allah. The state's <clears throat> the state's her remains being burned at the stake by Randy Orton, the sister killer itself, Ray. Why, it said the sister Abigail is a lot. Now, this is the one thing that could have really, really great the character of Freight Wyatt, that's a fat joke, that has (laughs) fallen soulful (laughs) at, you can go all the way back to when he fuck young interesting, to take her roughly at 31 best phone last time, that they wife character, what semi-relevant? So he became tag team champion and WWE champion when he was with the few he was in the future Doran at the end of 2016 going into 2017. But what has he done? And it's not the wins, loss records. Let's not the promos. So the rambling. It's the mistake of the Bria Wyatt character that is falling off so much. They were people, didn't don't care, whatever. And it took, was bracing one phrase, one cent. All of a sudden, everybody's interest peaked again. I swear to God, WB, you have one shot with this sister Abigail, get back and if you fucking up, you might as well call Husky Harris, because he'll never be the same again. Uh, thank you. Wow. So, that got, took me...
0: He even worked God. a lot in there.
2: Yeah. That took me far far longer than it should have to figure out what he was talking about, but here is the actual voicemail. See if you can figure out where he went wrong. Elijah
1: lied to me she never lied to me she never lied to me but you did wwe you have on multiple occasions i swear to fucking god you better come fuck this up for three fucking years for three years we have waited for bray wyatt to unveil sister abigail to the wwe universe and finally Bray Wyatt says that Sister Abigail is alive. Despite her remains being burned at the stake by Randy Orton, the sister killer himself, Bray Wyatt has said that Sister Abigail is alive. Now, this is the one thing that could really reinvigorate the character of Bray Wyatt that has fallen so flat you can go all the way back to when he fought the Undertaker Wrestling WrestleMania 31. That's the last time that Bray Wyatt's character was semi relevant. Sure, he became tag team champion and WWE champion when he was with the feud he was in the feud with Orton at the end of two thousand sixteen going into two thousand seventeen. But what has he done since then? And it's not the wins-loss records, it's not the promos, it's not the rambling, it's the mystique of the Bray Wyatt character that has fallen off so much to where people don't care. However, all it took was Bray saying one phrase, one sentence, and all of a sudden everybody's interest peaked again. I swear to God, WWE, you have one shot with this Sister Abigail gimmick. And if you fuck it up, you might as well call him Husky Harris because he'll never be the same
2: again. I want to state for the record that when he fuck Young to take her roughly at 31 <laughs> was, when, was when he fought The Undertaker at WrestleMania 31. <laughs> I enjoyed that far more than I should have been. All right, well, allow me to uh, point out a couple things here.
0: First off, Randy Orton did not kill his sister. She was already dead. No.
2: <laughs> so he is not... He's
0: he a yeah. legend killer, not a sister killer. Um, second off, if you're Randy Orton at this point, or you sort of got to be going like, whose fucking ashes did I just fuck with? Like... If that wasn't your sister, who the fuck did I burn?
2: It was the person who gave his father AIDS. Uh, oh, sorry, hepatitis. <laughs> oh,
1: God.
2: <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're going to go from a questionable voicemail to a questionable is that, gimmick. Is that
0: Hepatitis O'Neill?
2: Just... Yes, Hepatitis okay. O'Neill. <laughs> Uh, the questionable gimmick in in uh, the questionable gimmick in question that we talk about is NXT announced the return of War Games.
0: Yes, uh, and this is gonna get this could get a little spoilery, but since they announced it on their own fucking website, I guess yep. they don't give a shit about spoilers. So why the fuck should we? Um, Correct yeah, NXT did their tapings last night at Full Sail for the next couple months leading into the pay-per-view uh, not pay-per-view, but the next takeover special, I should say uh, and announced that they're going to be, they're going to bring back the double cage, two ring war games, now this doesn't surprise me because I know Vince wasn't a fan of it, but I know Hunter is an old school guy and probably was uh, especially as a Ric Flair mark and that whole deal um (sighs) I have mixed feelings about this one. First off, for those of you who don't know, if you don't want to know, if you don't want to be spoiled, now's the time to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, but it's going to be three teams of three. You know, I believe it used to be two teams of four, two teams of five. Uh, we're going to have three teams of three in this thing. It's going to be uh, the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, versus Sanity, versus, which struck me as weird, the Sanity thing, because they... Oh, well, they currently have three members. Yeah, that's right. I thought they had four. Uh, well, Nikki Cross, but, you know, she's not going to get in the cage. Um, and the third team is going to be, wait for it, the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong. Now, I'm curious to see over the next couple weeks how we get to the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong um, but this is a relatively high-profile gimmick match. This is one that's going to create and cause, and it already has, a lot of uh, buzz on the internet amongst the smart crowd, etc. Um, I am a little surprised that they, they're they breaking it out in an NXT thing, unless this is sort of a test balloon. Um, I've always said logistically it's tough for the WWE because you lose a lot of those ringside seats. You lo- You lose your most expensive seating by adding a second ring and all that stuff. But... Uh, as it turns out, as of late, they have plenty of seats available. So, you know, not as big a deal. Uh, but, yeah, I'm a little surprised they're, they're they're going this big for an NXT show.
2: So the first um, War Games was, looks like, one, two, three, four, five people versus four people. Versus, oh no, maybe not. No, I think it's five versus four, because it was Hawk and Animal, Nikolai Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, and Paul Ellering defeated the Four Horsemen: Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, Tully Blanchard, and James J. Dillon. That's five Horsemen, by the way. Sorry, it's five well, on five was the first one. J-,
0: J J Dillon was the manager; he wasn't an actual Horseman. Oh
2: yeah, and I guess Paul Ellering would probably be the manager too. So yeah, okay, so it was four versus four to begin with. Um, then looks like there's. Did you know there's 31 fucking Wargames matches in the history of Wargames?
0: Really? I think That's some of them were house shows, I've, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Uh, a bunch of fall brawls. Yeah. Um,
0: that was the Shockmaster. It was the fall brawl was yep. his debut. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah there are a bunch of fun. But obviously the, the big ones that everyone remembers uh, were obviously... Uh, Team WCW versus Team Hollywood versus Team Wolfpack in 1998, mm-hmm. uh, which would be, be three teams of three guys, DDP, Roddy Piper, Warrior, Hollywood Hogan, Stevie Ray, Bret Hart, and Kevin Ashton and Lex Luger. And the 2000 version, ugh, which was Russo's Revenge, <laughs> Sting, Booker T. Goldberg, Chronic. So that's five people against Russo's. Nash, Jared, Steiner, and the Harris Brothers, I, Don and Ron. So that was five plus five on that one.
0: I believe that was not a legitimate actual War Games. I think the Russo one was the ready-to-rumble triple cage gimmick, and they called it like War Games 2000,
2: but yep, it, was it was not it was, it
0: was. the classic War Games.
2: Yeah, so we'll call we'll call the one that we're going to continue to look at is Fall Brawl, September 13th, 1998, Team WCW winning against team against NWO Hollywood and NWO Wolfpack. So yeah, this is the thing that's gonna happen. Oh, they also did it in uh, in TNA, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, it looks yeah, it looks like
0: it. I don't remember that. It might have. I
2: don't. Oh, sorry. It's just Lethal Lockdown. Oh, yeah, that conversion. was yeah.
0: Yeah, that was okay. a little bit
2: different. That was a single ring with the uh, yeah roof with the cage, etc. Oh, we did have uh, Women superstar, Superstars Uncensored did a war games, which were two teams of trios, which was Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez, who obviously was just in uh, the Mayan Classic, Alicia and Brittany Savage beating Jessica Havoc, Allison Kaye, and Sassy Steffi, the Midwest militia. That was probably a good match. Yeah, I bet. Anyways, uh, I'm I'm continuing to ramble on here because I don't want to talk about uh, Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura, but really nothing else happens. <laughs> um, uh, Good, yeah. So this is still a thing. Jinder Mahal beat the crap out of Shinsuke with the help of the, the Sing Singh twins, and yeah, we're leading to a, another match of Shinsuke Nakamura against Jinder Mahal, despite the fact that Shinsuke lost clean. I not lose so. clean. I mean, he
0: lost because of the the interference of the Singh brothers. I so, <laughs> if only if only at this event there was some device that could prevent outside interference that we could, uh, I don't know, maybe utilize for this match to ensure that despite the multiple cases of outside interference involving the Singh brothers, that they could not get involved at the pay per view. Um. Trying to think if there's any sort of device or contraption that they could use at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. To are keep... you?
2: Are you saying that you want this to be a ladder match?
0: I, I'm I'm trying to work it through in my brain here. If you don't mind inter- fucking interrupting, oh, okay. I'm trying to. Okay, sorry, sorry. There's, there's, there's a lot of fucking match stipulations we could go through at Hell in a Cell that I'm trying to figure out which one of those would keep the Singh brothers from interfering in the match. Well, so, the
2: only thing I can think of is a no disqualification match, a no countout match, or a no holes bar match.
0: Aren't they the same thing?
2: Not by WB standards.
0: Did you get the rule book?
2: <laughs> it's not real. Not a real rule book.
0: It says rule book right on it.
2: Uh, it's not. It's a book for babies.
0: It it says fucking rule book, dude. I mean, there's no rules in it. It's I I I have to believe. Perhaps you just didn't understand the way they wrote it. You know, maybe it's. Did they write it in Carney? Is that what it was? I mean,
2: some of it, yeah. <laughs> um, as I'm like looking around for it, I don't remember if I still have it. It was not a good book. It was a waste of money.
0: All the winters get cold in Wisconsin. If you wore, if you burned it to stay warm, we would totally understand. Uh, yeah, I look. This feud has certainly been lukewarm. I don't know how. I don't think a ton of that is is Shinsuke's fault. Uh, you have a guy who is not very good on the microphone.
2: i like Sal. Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah. Uh, I would love to see, I'd love to hear a Google chat transcript of a Shinsuke Nakamura promo. That's just me. Oh, that would be great. Uh, (laughs) We might have to record one for the Google voice chat just to see what happens. I should. Yeah, that could could be a thing. Uh, First off again, Stop having him talk with his fucking mouth guard in. Seriously, okay. Then uh, Nakamura comes out and opens his promo. This is the this is the go home fucking episode of SmackDown, and he opens his promo with "Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me." Yep, that was that was what your number one contender for your WWE Championship opened his go home episode promo with. Mm-hmm. and it got worse from there. Uh, ultimately, it led to uh, uh, Jinder coming out, jumping him from behind after the Singh brothers provided the distraction. Again, those damn Singh brothers getting involved. I just wish we could figure out how the fuck we were going to keep them out of this match. Um,
2: I don't think you can.
0: Clearly not. Uh, but, his, look, this thing has definitely not uh, had the the hype that they thought it would. It hasn't had the heat that we, they thought it would. Uh, I think the only thing you can do at this point to save this is to, to do the title switch at the pay-per-view, but Tour of India is coming up. So, yep.
2: probably not. Probably not. If only, oh man, if only we had a way after that tour was over to instantly take the belt off of uh, Jinder Mahal. But we don't, because somebody wasn't ready. Uh... <laughs> Who was that? I think he just uh, just talking about the big breakfast losing oh. the money in the bank. Oh uh,
0: yes,
2: yes. Speaking of the big breakfast, he had a little incident as a wild Ty Dillinger appeared. Dun, 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 dun. I can't, I can't do too much otherwise, Pokemon company will sue me. Uh, I, <laughs> oh, I'll is that is that blue. a Pokemon
0: joke? I don't, I have no idea what that is.
2: Yes, that's what a wild Ty Dillinger is. is it's a Pokemon joke. Okay. Um. Yeah, because right that's what happens every time you get it. You get into a random battle with a Pokemon. That's what it says. Wild well, Pikachu appears. So that's a kind of a joke that always happens. Anyways, after um, uh, years of awful. never being seen Man. on, oh, I'm sorry. After years of not being seen, Ty Dillinger mm-hmm. magically reappeared on SmackDown.
0: Mm-mm.
2: No, still not good.
0: No, it's like it's sort of like when Adams Barry
2: White's on. Him. <sighs> Wow. Okay. We're just going to go with it. So, <laughs> Ty Dillinger had a match against the Big Breakfast, and he won with a fruit roll up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Given, given, yes, this was by interference as well from AJ Styles, but.
0: No, no. AJ came and cut a promo after the. After the oh, that's last... right. It was after, yeah. Yeah. This, no, was a, just...
2: this was a legit win, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,. And, and this is the new normal for WWE. It's, we, in the past, the plan was going into the pay-per-view, going into the title match, we're going to heat up the challenger, make him look good, make him look dominant, make him look like a, a contender, have him beat everybody, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the new normal is we're going to make a guy a contender and then have him lose every fucking match.
2: Not only that, but now you've got it where you muddy the waters, where That's you're funny. going... You're going, well, why isn't Ty Dillinger in the match then? Right. He just he just be the number one contender for the United States Championship, so shouldn't this be a triple threat match now?
0: You would think. You would think.
2: But apparently not.
0: Nope. Nope. And, and this is going to ultimately end with probably Corbin winning the title somehow because that's what they've done. That's the story they've told is he loses and loses and loses, and then he's going to finally win at the pay-per-view. Problem is – You've devalued the challenger so much that when he wins the belt, you devalue the belt.
2: And you also devalue the win. You also make it seem like a fluke.
0: Right. Very true. Yeah, it's just, it's horrible booking. I don't know why they do it this way. I, I wish they fucking just would get their shit together. It's like, if something works once, cool, awesome, be happy it worked once. Don't do it every single fucking time. And that's just the formula nowadays.
2: Very true. Speaking of what's become slightly formulaic, the Usos and the New Day continue to be the entirety of the Take Division. And I'm going to lump in the fact that we had no Fashion Files this week as well, the only other member of the Take Division that we have.
0: Well, no, we have, we have Gable and Benjamin. and
2: That's not a real thing. We have the and... That this is going to be the—I—I I promise you—and we're going to get to it in predictions. This is going to be the end of the hypros.
0: I, th- I feel like we've been saying that for like a year
2: now, though. Yeah, but I feel like this is finally going to be the end of the hypros. Uh, about that. <laughs> I feel like this—this this is finally the time that TNA closes its doors. <laughs> yeah, they, this is the time they
0: will not kick out at two. it too. Yes.
2: I feel yeah. like I said, this, this is the three count. He hit, he hit 14 spears on John Cena. He's got to He's got to beat him now. There's no way he can kick... Oh, he kicked out. He kicked out again. And now he hit the AA. And now he won.
0: I think you got that backwards. It was 14 AAs, then one spear. Oh, yes, that's
2: true. That's true.
0: And I know so, because Sal was very fond
2: of reminding us of that. You know, It took one. It took one. I can't do a Sal voice. Um, that's okay. <laughs> It's okay. You can do it. You can do a Tommy voice because that changes every time he calls. So that is true. That is true. All you gotta do is sound like an asshole. Um. So yeah. So the new day and the Usos. I don't know. Do you have anything to say about them? Uh, easily the best tag teams in the company right now, top to bottom.
0: Uh, match I'm most looking forward to at the pay per view. It's got build. It's got story. It's got two teams that can cut promos and everything Biggie said on that promo on SmackDown was right. Every time they've been in there, they've they've blown the roof off. They've had the match of the night. Uh, these two teams have amazing chemistry. They're going to tell a great story, uh, and I feel like when we leave Hell in a Cell, we're going to be talking about, once again, uh, that these guys just stole the show.
2: Probably. Maybe it's just because I'm actually watching the beginning of The Usos on NXT Revisited. That makes me not want to watch The Usos so much anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah. And of course, because nobody actually listens to my show or interacts with me about about, about my show, nobody went back and and heard the Usos say uh, "fuck you, no fuck you" <laughs> on last on, the, on episode one thirty three. It happened. Hey, I listened to your show. You listen know, to my show but, I, yeah. enough enough to know that you had another
0: existential crisis this week. <laughs> yes, that makes like three in two weeks, Troy.
2: It's yeah. I need to. I need to get get back to my zen happy place, and NXT revisited is not my happy place right now. <laughs> you,
0: you need because to, you need to go and watch the page videos and and you know take wow. care of business.
2: That's right. Yeah, I need to also um, cock my head very very extremely to the side and look at Charlotte's tits so I can see them on a on a same plane. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, will we'll. we'll we'll get there but yeah check out nxt revisited my little most recent episode i thought as soon as they got an nxt champion that business would start picking up but that's not the case (laughs) his first match was against rick victor right who hadn't been on the show in a month (laughs) seems like a worthy contender to me oh it's that of all the other talent out there they literally have Xavier Woods in the fucking theme, you know, theme song every week, and they're just like, no, nah, we're not going to use him. Oh, we got that Big E guy? Yeah, we're not going to use him either. Would, would, uh, he's would, in there, too.
0: Would you prefer Richie Steamboat?
2: At least Richie Steamboat has some, pardon the pun, steam behind him. He <laughs> at least has been on every week. That yes. at least is a feud that I can see. Or, hey, Jinder Mahal, the guy who just lost in the finals, he just disappeared.
0: Nobody's going to believe him as a credible champion, Troy.
2: That is true. I'm sorry. You can't do that. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would even take fucking fat-ass Ono at this point, too, but, you know, oh well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it Uh, is nice to hear, going through those NXT Revisited, it is nice to hear that your your hatred for Cassius Ono uh, (laughs) is not based on timeline alone. You hate him even (laughs) watching now back
2: then. Mm that's true that's true back before the ridiculous outfits he's still they're bad now yeah he's just so far like of the like five appearances he's made on the show he's had one good promo that i actually enjoyed and that was him making fun of ricky the steamboat (laughs) ricky the dragon steamboat that was about it uh but enough about that fat ass let's talk about another fat ass kevin owens got to assault his boss again hold on hold on hold on before we (laughs) we'll get there but before we do that why are you editing (laughs) <laughs> how am
0: i gonna we, talk about this if it's not written there
2: well that's a call i just i just said what it is i know what it is i know what you're doing
0: for those of you, you who listened it, last week you'll understand why that's funny um, that is
2: funny thanks for thanks for explaining the joke by the way yeah, well, uh, yeah.
0: yeah i i assume we have a new uh some new listeners after my appearance on the wpan so i'm just you know, filling them in since they didn't understand what happened.
2: Hopefully, we should ask. We should ask them where they're they're most popular, if it's Boston or if it's other places.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's a good question. Um, in any event, uh, yeah. So Cassius Ohno, I will say this: I am hard pressed to remember the last bad match that guys had. You can dislike the outfits. You can talk about the lack of promos. But in the ring, which is really what's supposed to fucking matter the most, the guy is uh, the guy's a fucking artist, man.
2: I completely agree. Um, it's it's been. I think a lot of us were a little bit a little bit worried once you know where like we kept we were hearing oh well, Shane's gonna be in a, in like more than one match a year. He's gonna be in these high profile feuds and and we're like oh well he can still go and kevin has what the fuck did could- you get that I was talking about Azona I'm moving on cuz oh. I don't want to talk about this <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm no selling you talking about cashisona cuz we cuz uh, we have a topic to to okay i thought you were talking about Shane i'm sorry i was up, <laughs> I was looking at portland professional wrestling <laughs> You blew your own spot there, Troy. I did. I did blow my own spot. Speaking of blowing things, Paige is coming back soon. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as Sister Abigail. That's true. Confirmed. Anyways, um I don't watch a lot of Cash Azona matches. And I I'm kind of forced to watch Cash Azona matches for the old NXT. They mishandled him because first of all, he's that voice of his doesn't really translate to like big fucking brawling tough guy. He could talk just fine. It's just that he, his voice doesn't match his body. And then once they have to have him talk more, you're just like, okay, but his gimmick also was kind of lame and him showing up backstage with like a fucking man bun and like black rimmed glasses is not exactly what I would look at. As a credible champion or yeah. a credible fighter, so having uh, been
0: in locker rooms around New England, I can tell you that the Man Bun
2: has quite a following. Yeah, wow. Well. anyways, speaking of fat guys, uh, <laughs> let's move on <laughs> to Kevin Owens, and uh, um, yeah, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon are going to be in another match, or going to be in a match, as to say, and this feud actually feels right for hell in a cell yep this is actually one where you can go oh hey that's that makes sense Mm -hmm. like they they beat the shit out of each other they can't keep their hands off each other what are we gonna do oh i know it's going hell in a cell so i'm i'm happy about that um i'm actually looking more forward to this match than i am to the usos new day by the way
0: well, you said they, they beat the shit out of each other. They can't keep their hands off each other. This was actually the first time they touched was this week. Oh, yeah. That's true. Was yeah. this week on SmackDown. There's been a lot of back and forth verbally, and he beat the shit out of Vince. But this is the first time they touched hands. Um, look, I, I, first off, I'm pretty sure Shane sandbagged him on that power bomb because it looked like he, <laughs> he, yeah, he. that was all Owens picking him up because Shane didn't post or something, but there was no pushback from Shane on that one. Um, so he pulled it off and put it to a table. I, I, I don't know. So here's my problem. First off, you have Sami Zayn in the back warning Shane. And he tells Shane, you know, I've known this guy for years. He's almost ended my career when he gets like this. He's blah, blah, blah. And Shane basically says, uh, I'm Shane McMahon, you're a piece of shit, fuck you, he can do it to you, he ain't doing it to me. Um, And then proceeds, after last week when the match had to be stopped because Sammy got powerbombed on the apron, Uh, Shane gets the shit kicked out of him, gets powerbombed through a table, Uh, is, is the match stopped, is the fight stopped, is Shane sent to a medical facility? No, 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 Shane gets up, Shane walks back to the ring, Shane takes more punishment. Um... The
2: man man fought a helicopter and won. Come
0: on. I I feel like they sort of made Sami Zayn look like a piece of shit in this whole thing. Uh, Unintentionally, perhaps, but it still is what happened. Uh, Look, I'm looking forward to this match, too. I think this is going to be one of those pull out all the stops. Uh, We're going to see blood. We're going to see some crazy stunt. We're going to see something ridiculous. Uh, I think the addition of the False Count Anywhere stipulation actually makes this even more compelling. Uh, because it gives them more thoughts. I think you look at like WrestleMania where they had the hell in the cell with Shane and, and Undertaker, and they do that big spot off the table, and then you still have to find a way to get back into the ring. And and I think it kind of killed the whole thing. I think this gives them a better way to tell a story by, by adding the stipulation. Um, So I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if I'm looking... I don't think it's going to be quite as exciting or compelling as The Usos New Day. Uh, It might come out of it as the most buzzworthy due to some ridiculously crazy stunt. Uh, And we'll get into predictions later, but I certainly hope that this is used to launch Kevin Owens rather than bury him.
2: It'd be nice, but considering the history... eh, But um, I, I doubt you have it, but there has been some speculation that this is going to lead to uh a return to raw for kevin owens uh mm-hmm. because he is booked for a couple of raw events as well as the the raw pay-per-view after survivor series is that the next raw pay-per-view whatever one is the TLC next one TLC is the next, the next one. one TLC they there he is currently booked for TLC is what it claims online so um, that would actually make sense considering that he is facing off against the guy who drafted or who, you know, who made a trade to bring him over. Um, uh, so I, at this point, eh, maybe, but again, it's kind of hard because then he goes over to where there's no world championship to go for. So.
0: Mm. sure he, he's, he's a former champion. I'm sure he's got a rematch clause so he can.
2: Oh, those don't exist on Raw. What? Yeah, those, those don't exist on RAW. You're, it's it's built in because of the fact that the Universal Championship is a brand new belt, they this is their they're they're working on a new way of booking the matches for it where you actually don't get rematch clauses if you lose the championship as long as it's somebody who at one point in time wrestled for the UFC.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: So you got yeah. you got to read you got to read the fine print. It's it's underneath um, keep Roman strong at all costs. Right under that is where it says you will not get a title shot after you lose your championship to Brock Lesnar.
0: I got it. I got it. makes sense now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'd be
0: surprised if they moved him back. I think there's a lot more story to tell here. Uh, The only reason I could see for moving him back would be if you want to uh, push the story with the McMahons forward by having him do the thing with Stephanie or ultimately leading to Triple H. Um, You know, Stephanie's on Raw, so it'd be harder to do that if he stays on SmackDown. So perhaps you do that. Perhaps Stephanie trades for him so she can make his life miserable, and that's the storyline. But that sort of makes Kevin Owens a face, I think, whereas I think he's doing some of his best heel work in the company right now. So I don't know if that's the way you want to go with it, but I can certainly see that scenario playing out.
2: You already have a guy who gets cheered on a regular basis for his heel work. If you have him face off against Stephanie, there is not one person who's going to boo Kevin Owens. <laughs> because Steph, <laughs> Stephanie will never, ever be cheered unless she whips them titties out. Then she might get cheered. <laughs> It'd be a confusing boner though. Uh, so if you feel that it's time to close down the perfect 10, we can move on. To our discussion topic. Yeah, we can do that. All right. Well, since there's not uh, um, two of you, we can't do our normal game of what happened one year ago at Hell in a Cell. <laughs> um, but we did have uh, a back-to-back winner in the wrestling fantasy game. I'm losing it. Uh, <laughs> Sal won. And Sal has asked a question that personally i take A little bit of umbrage with. His question was, what has been a memorable or well-done feud in 2017? I just realized I wrote well down because I'm (laughs) retarded. Um, Those are two different things. A memorable feud can be terrible just by remembering it because the most memorable feud in 2017, I feel, was Bray Wyatt against Baby B. (laughs) Orton because I remember it the most. (laughs) Uh, But in terms of well-done feud, I mean, Owen Zane has always been, you know, been great. They really feuded in 2017, though. I mean, they've had matches, but... They always feud, but um, I would say the... It's it's hard to say, like, Triple H and Seth because that was so kind of fucking start-stop, but 2017 was when it ended and when it really, you know picked up at main at you know at Mania and everything at that. Um uh, Randy Orton wrote a cocksnake to the ring. Um <laughs> in terms of well done feuds, I would say AJ Cena was probably one of the one of the best feuds that we've had for our this year.
0: I think you make yeah. that case. I mean if we're if we're discounting NXT entirely because in NXT, you know, you have your Authors of Pain, Revival Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, et cetera, all those matches. Uh, But if we're sticking strictly with WWE, uh, for my money, I thought the – and you can quibble about the end result, but I thought the Brock Lesnar-Samoa Joe story was really told well. I thought that program was really good, really compelling to the point that they convinced me that that Samoa Joe could walk away with that title. Um, I, I, I very much enjoyed what they did with that one.
2: Oh, I would actually throw y two j and Chris and Kevin Owens on there as a really well done feud. I thought it started out as a really well
0: done feud, and then I think it just it lost a ton of steam when Owens lost that title, and I don't think it ever got it back.
2: It lost a ton of steam too when Jericho left for his tour and they tried to respark it again after that. but yeah the the trading back and forth of the u s belt kind of hurt a little bit, obviously losing the universal belt because that should have been a feud for the universal championship. And right. I feel like if it would have been for the universal title, it would definitely be top of the list.
0: Yeah, probably could have been, I think they would have told but, a better story that way.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, let us know what you think either through email or through uh, voicemail. Sal also decided not to leave a voicemail to answer his own question. So he's a dick, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get, uh, let's take a ride down to hell. And talk uh, about it. Don't,
0: don't we usually do that after the news segment? You put it before the news segment. Did I? Well, that's incorrect.
2: Okay. Well, let's take a ride to hell as we talk about the news. <laughs>
0: Alright, this is one. I'm not sure if you've uh, followed along on this, Troy, but in the past couple weeks it's been revealed that there is an ugly lawsuit brewing between the new wrestling streaming site Flow Slam and its largest content provider, WWN, World Wrestling Network. Uh, The parent company who handles Evolve, Shine, Flow, I'm sorry, Full Impact Pro, and ACW. Uh, The lawsuit went public and viral very quickly with both sides taking to social media to out the other. Uh, first broken by David Bixenspan of Fightful.com, the story began when Flow Sports, the parent company who owns Flow Slam, filed a lawsuit against the WWE for apparent breach of contract. The complaint read as follows. WBN induced Flow Sports to pay it hundreds of thousands of dollars based on data that was not only inaccurate and unreliable, it was just plain false. When pressed for the data that backed up WBN's spreadsheet of viewership, WBN originally claimed it had lost or deleted that information. Ultimately, WBN sent records listing many subscribers more than once and including purchasers of DVDs instead of broadcast services. Even with the artificial inflation of viewership, the numbers WWN attempted to account for were far less than those represented in the initial spreadsheet. WWN's uh, lawyer Samuel Heller sent a letter to PW Insider to reveal the WWN side and announce their own countersuit, saying, quote, while we prefer not to litigate cases in the media, it is clear that Flow Sports is attempting to use the press to create leverage in this dispute by spreading false, defamatory, and misleading statements about WWN. In reality, Flow Sports has wholly failed to honor its contractual obligation to promote WWN's events and has been unable to successfully integrate WWN into its mismanaged and failing subscription streaming platform. At no time has WWN provided incorrect, false, misleading information and this lawsuit is nothing more than a transparent effort by Flow Sports to avoid its responsibility to WWN, its talent, and the fans. We are confident that the litigation will result in a yeah, will result favorably to WWN. Strangely enough, the previous day, Flow Sports senior vice president and general counsel Paul Herlow spoke to Bixenspan Span and Fightful.com and said that the lawsuit isn't to get out of the partnership. It really is our hope that we'll get back to talking to WWN and kind of work things out outside of litigation. Sometimes you have to file a complaint to sort I'm sorry, to sort of sort of protect your interest in particular situations. We are not apologizing that we did it. We chose to do it, but it's really our preference to have dialogue and work things out with them outside of litigation. And then WWN head Gabe Sapolsky tweeted this just hours before Evolve 92. Flow Slam is refusing to broadcast tonight's Evolve event. We apologize, but this is their decision. Please contact them for customer issues. Just when it seemed Flow Slam were open to dialogue, they pulled the plug on the recent Evolve streams for Evolve 92 and 93 and quickly removed all WWEN content from their upcoming schedule. The only event upcoming is the IPW UK Super Show 12 on November 19th. Flow Slam was also quick to put up a note to the subscribers that they would no longer be carrying WWEN content, and those who wanted refunds could email them directly. Initially, many were quick to blame Flow Slam for failing in many of its obligations. Other promotions cited side relief at opting out of Flow Slam last year when it was launching. Interestingly enough, over the course of the past year, WWN has stayed loyal to FlowSlam when other promotions withdrew, such as PWX, OTT, and WXW. But then Adam Lash, co founder of Powerbomb TV, the streaming site for other such indie promotions as Tier 1, Preston City Wrestling, Ottawa's C4, and Top Row Promotions, unloaded on Twitter about the seediness of WWN's counter lawsuit. Adam went on Twitter and said, WAN using their hosting company as an excuse for not being able to give FlowSports accurate viewing or order data is such horseshit. One, they weren't using some rinky-dink hosting company to stream video. You use a content delivery network in conjunction with your host. A CDN is made to deliver content to large numbers of people. It's how hundreds, thousands, and millions of people watch without lag or crashing. That viewership information isn't tied to their web host, even if the host is deleted by the site's server, that info would still be available. Two, to handle e-commerce online you need a credit card processor slash merchant account like PayPal. This is how you charge customers. Again, this is handled by a third party. All order information, all revenue, etc. is kept with those companies and is readily available whether you host your host deletes your server or not. I've worked in e-commerce for nearly twenty years, seriously since I was twelve years old. If their excuse is the host deleted the info slash shut down, that is, in my opinion, further evidence of deception. WWN needs to think long and hard about all of this because this will absolutely not fly in civil court. While the average Joe or wrestling reporter might not know all of this, you can bet Flo's lawyers absolutely do, and will turn that story into Swiss cheese. With the battle lines on both sides clearly blurred, the Pro Wrestling Torch reported that Flow Slam never even fact-checked or looked into WWN's alleged numbers for pay-per-view buy rates until well into the contract. They simply went off WWN's word and handed them a contract with no further questions asked. It wasn't until a few months ago when they asked for concrete numbers, which is when WWN allegedly allegedly couldn't find them due to the change in its web server. And with the Flow Slam Still keeping up all of WN's book catalog, part of WN's countersuit is most likely to include a cease and desist to take it all down. It is a battle that is only going to get messier and it couldn't come at a worse time for WWN as they were poised to become a feeder system for the WWE. Uh, but between this scenario and the overbooking nightmare of progress, New York City through Gabe Sapolsky's hands, WWE may want to distance themselves from a promoter that seems to be making more enemies than friends in the past year. Um, I don't. I'm guessing Troy, you are not a subscriber to Flow Slam.
2: No. <laughs> but this is this is a bummer because you know Flow Slam was supposed to be the great alternative to the WWE network where people were like, well, we want our indie content and this was supposed to get guys some TV time. It's supposed to get them more exposure and anything that sets that back is, is kind of a travesty for the guys involved. You know, this is, um, shit sounds a little bit shady as well. Um, which obviously it's the wrestling business. Everything is shady, but, I hope this shit gets worked out honestly, because you know we we need alternatives to WWE. We need these indie guys to be able to build their their stardom up, and Flow Slam is a great opportunity to get the you know to become more of a household name in the the wrestling community.
0: Well, and right from the beginning, I mean, Flow Slam sort of was a bit disingenuous in the beginning when they were selling subscriptions, and I think it's like twelve to twenty bucks a month. I forget what the actual amount is, um, but. They were offering the service and talking about how they were going to get uh, ROH on there and all their pay-per-views and New Japan, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, when in reality they were signing people up under those pretenses with deals they couldn't deliver and probably at the time even knew they couldn't deliver. WWN mm-hmm. was their big cash cow. The Evolve shows are big business. Shimmer and Shine and all that stuff, those are big business shows um, for the Indie Marks. And the truth is, that's off that content now. So if you're somebody who paid like for the year in advance, you're sitting there basically with your dick in your hand and a couple of small minor indie promotions that you can watch on there for the exceedingly excessive 12 to 20 bucks a month price tag. Yep. And you look Very at TNA, true. and we can say what we want about TNA Impact, whatever the fuck they're calling themselves this week. But they have their streaming service that they're launching, and I, I think last time I looked, they were they were planning on launching it at five or seven bucks. They're saying, "Hey, WWE has set the price point for this type of content. It's ten bucks. We have mm-hmm. less content than they do. Our price point is lower than them." Uh, right. Flow Sports came in at almost double what the WWE charges, and then cut their content in half.
2: Mm-hmm. Considering they already had less content, they yeah. have. Even less content now. So, yeah, you might actually be able to get through everything they've got on Flow Slam within <laughs> the next, like, two months because uh, they have next to nothing.
0: Yeah, it's it's not a pretty situation, and, and it's just bad for everybody involved. And uh, it was, Hopefully the plan was for this to be a way for other indie guys to make more money and get more exposure, and it looks like that's just not going to happen. Um, for their part, I also understand where flow's coming from. If they were promised X amount of, Hey, these, th- this is the amount of people that buy our I per views Okay. Well, we can assume we're going to get at least probably 70 to 80% of those. And if those numbers were incorrect, then flow sort of signed them to a deal expecting to get X amount of viewers. And they're not problem. Of course, with that is you have to do your own due diligence and, and verify those numbers. You can't just go, all right, that dude said it. So Mm-hmm. Sounds legit to me.
2: Yeah, And wouldn't lie to us. Up.
0: Yeah, it sort of sounds like that's what happened. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, some happier news—at least for JBL. It seems that there's a chance that Caitlin may be returning to the WWE. <laughs> According to the latest issue of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, there has been talk amongst WWE officials about bringing the 30-year-old one-time Divas champion back. Last Saturday, Caitlin posted some photos of her training at the Main Event Training Center in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and mentioned it was the first time she'd been in the ring in four years. She last wrestled in January of 2014. Uh, She wrote on Instagram, Holy fuck, I haven't sweat this much in a long time. I spent the morning training at Main Event Training Center with Pablo Marquez and his crew. A huge thanks to everyone for putting up with my rusty ass. I haven't wrestled in four years. I forgot how fun-slash-exhausting it is. Caitlin, whose real name is Celeste Bonin, sorted out, started out as a fitness model in 2007. She won the National Physique Committee John Sherman Classic Bodybuilding Figure and Fitness Championship. That's a lot of fucking names for one event. Uh, and came in fifth in the Arnold Classic in the MPC figure, figure Class D competition. I don't know what it is, but I instantly want to watch it. Um, in July of 2010, Bonin signed a developmental contract with WWE without having wrestled a single match. Later that year, she competed in and won the all-female third season of NXT, thus earning a spot on the main roster. She won the Divas Championship in January of 2013 and held the title for five months before retiring in January of 2014. Bonin Married fellow bodybuilder PJ Braun on June, of t- June 20th of 2014 on February twenty seventh, 2017, she announced that she was splitting from her husband. Caitlyn apparently caught the wrestling bug last month when she reunited with friends backstage at a WWE live event in Miami, Florida. Uh, Troy, yay or nay on the return of Caitlyn to the WWE?
2: I wish I was boning her. <laughs>
0: I think we make that joke every time her name comes
2: up. Why wouldn't we? Um... I guess. Couldn't hurt.
0: I was always a fan of hers. I thought she was uh, underrated as a performer.
2: Yeah. I mean,
0: I mean, she wasn't Dean Malenko, but yeah, that's true. She's a big, strong girl and she played the powerhouse role. Well, I thought her, her match, her matches with AJ were really good. I thought,
2: yeah, I get to watch her now when she's not nearly as athletic as she is today. So yeah, it's uh yeah, sure. i or the merrier.
0: Plus, now we've seen her naked, so there's that too.
2: That is true. That is true. And JBL definitely jerked off to those pictures.
0: Oh, bad. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've been talking about the Twitter exchanges between Luke Ellis and Carl Anderson and the WWE Hall of Famers Rock and Roll Express briefly. Uh, this past week, the Raw Tag Team Champions, is, or, sorry, the former Raw Tag Team Champions, issued a challenge to Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson for a match at the November 25th Starcade Live event in Greensboro, North Carolina, from the Greensboro Coliseum. Morton and Gibson were previously advertised to appear at the show, but PW Insider now reports that the match is in fact scheduled to happen. WWE has not confirmed this match, but they have retweeted the comments between the two teams. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation on the Starrcade event airing on the WWE network, but word as of now is that the show will just be a, quote, jazzed up, non-televised live event. Um, like
2: Beast in the East.
0: <laughs> no, no, that was actually on the network. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, this. Uh, do you have any interest in watching the club lose to a couple of senior
2: citizens? Nope, I have no interest in Starcade coming back.
0: The card looks really good, to be honest. It, it's a it's a stacked lineup. Um, in some ways more interesting than the pay per view that's coming up this weekend. Uh, but, um, look, we we're, we're doing the angle with somebody being too old to compete on Raw. And in this case, you have guys who really are too old to compete. Jerry Lawler can't wrestle, but these guys can? Yeah. Did you watch these guys at the Hall of Fucking Fame?
2: Yeah. I blame Matt Hardy. How? Because he keeps... (laughs) Because this whole, like, tag team championship thing. And he brought...
0: Yeah, but that was, a, that was like a fucking TV show. That shit was all edited, so they
2: didn't have to actually do a match in front of people. Well, they're doing it in front of, like, 60 people. It's a house show. <laughs> Let's be honest here.
0: Uh, all right, well, speaking of tag teams, and we touched on this a little bit last week, but uh, the Young Bucks revealed that they, were re- they recently received a cease and desist letter from the WWE after staging the Bullet Club invasion outside of last week's Raw in Ontario, California. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports, I wonder how the Wrestling Observer Newsletter got comments from the Young Bucks. Uh, it reports mm-hmm. that the WWE claimed that the letter that the Young Bucks were using on it was their intellectual property, mainly the Too Sweet hand gesture. WWE claims ownership of the hand gesture due to their purchase of WCW's intellectual property. The Bucks have removed all references to Too Sweet from T-shirts on sale on YoungBucksMerch.com website and their ProWrestlingTees.com store. The Bullet Club appeared outside of the Citizens Bank Arena in Ontario after doing a signing at the Hot Topic store in the area earlier that day. The invasion was filmed for the Being the Elite series on YouTube and the continuation of a recent storyline they had been doing on the show. The storyline, which essentially turned into reality, was brought on by two things. Bullet Club member Cody Rhodes no longer being able to use the Rhodes' name since WWE claims it as their property, and the Bucks receiving a cease and desist letter from the owners of the Comedy Central's Rick and Morty show after they produced a Rick and Morty parody t-shirt. The storyline on their YouTube show was that there had been a mysterious WWE stooge contacting Cody, and suddenly, through magic references to terms they had been seeing... They had been using regularly, like Too Sweet and Fuck the Revival, were mysteriously edited off the show, and when they tried to speak the terms, mysteriously they couldn't. They they expanded to the idea of Bullet Club member Marty Skrull no longer being able to use his umbrella gimmick because WWE's Jack Gallagher Gallagher had stolen the idea. A recent storyline development on the show had Bullet Club member Adam Page being kidnapped, with the idea that it was the WWE who kidnapped him. The final Bata- Being the Elite episode that aired before the Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view had Paige kidnapped with his mouth duct-taped shut, his hands taped together, and his eyes taped open while being forced to watch WWE programming. Regarding the invasion outside of Raw, the idea is that the Bullet Club was going to Raw to demand Cody get his name back, Skrull get his umbrella back, and the Young Bucks get their catchphrases back. And Paige got revenge for being kidnapped. During the skit outside of Raw, they parodied the DX WCW Nitro invasion from years ago as Nick Jackson used a loudspeaker to say they were coming to get their friends Finn Balor, Luke Gallows, and Karl Anderson. This was the same bit Sean Waltman did during the DX skit, saying they were coming to get their friends Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. The skit outside of Raw had other references to the DX segment as well. They also poked fun at the WWE for having to paper the show with a fan saying that he was only there because he got free tickets. Melzer speculates on this being the one thing that in the skit that the WWE really would not be happy about. The WWE cease and desist letter which was sent the next day claims intellectual property violations for the box Two Sweet Journey DVD and Two Sweet T-shirts. Photos of the box with the Two Sweet symbol and their Two Sweet women's leggings. The letter threatened legal action for damages up to $150,000 per item, any profits made on the sale of those items and legal fees. It's worth noting that the WWE never registered ownership of the drawing of the click hand gesture until 2015. While the WWE never used the symbol for years, it became a regular part of New Japan Pro Wrestling and the Bullet Club when Prince Devitt started the group before he came to WWE and then became Finn Balor. The Bucks started marketing the symbol in 2013, but the Observer notes that getting into a legal battle with the WWE over the symbol would be very costly for them. In a related note, uh, the, released a cease and desist t-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees uh, two days into two days before the end of the month in September. By the end of the month, it was the hottest uh, top-selling shirt for the month of September. So in two days in Pro Wrestling Tees, where they sell a lot of shirts, uh, it became the top-selling shirt. So that speaks to the popularity of the Bucks.
2: I don't know that I believe that they actually got a cease and desist letter
0: believe it's been confirmed by the WWE themselves
2: hmm maybe I guess either way um I kind of talked about it last week that I felt this was kind of a dumb move on their part um it's a it's a smart way that they're capitalizing on it because they're going to make more money off of the cease and desist stuff and the the new gimmicks that they've been able to do now than they ever were going to make, you know, and on just doing the too sweet stuff. Because so, that had already been kind of getting old and the fact that you had WWE having the club use it and stuff like that made it. So, yeah, you know, how long were you really going to be able to go with it? Hmm.
0: Yeah, we'll, I will say I, the one thing I'm not a huge fan of the Bucks as performers. I think they're talented. I just don't. I'm not a big fan of the whole their whole style. Um, but I will say that I am uh, perfectly willing to admit that they are incredibly creative and they they do an amazing job of merchandising themselves.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, their deal with Hot Topic was. Was one that you know we were kind of surprised that they did, but also it wound up being very lucrative for them. So
0: yep. yeah, absolutely,
2: you know, more power to them. You know, any any way you can make money in this business, yep. go for it. And speaking of people who won't be making money in this business
0: in a while, uh, it's believed that several Impact Wrestling departures will be announced soon. I'm guessing Jarrett uh, and former tag team champion Robbie E announced on Twitter that he is leaving the company. So, uh, Troy, what is your favorite match from the Robbie E era of Twitter of uh, Impact Wrestling?
2: I actually like the bromance, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that mean on him. Uh, I mean, Robbie E is a, a fine performer. He's the Mojo Raleigh of that group, though. So. <laughs> Although that's kind of a group of two mojo rallies. So yeah,
0: I, yeah. I actually recently worked a show with Robbie. He's actually a very nice guy.
2: Oh yeah. He does seem like he's a good dude. So like I said, I, I like the bromance. Um, I'm, you know, sorry to see him go. They really, un, you know, he's really underutilized talent there. Um, but that's kind of the, the norm with that, that company. So not surprising at all.
0: Uh, Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H are all very high on WWE personality Kathy Kelly. They love her work on social media as a social media correspondent for the WWE and feel she does a great job. Uh, it's also been said that Kelly reminds Vince of a young Stephanie, and oh, Vince boy. loves people that remind him of his family.
2: Because then he's going to fuck them.
0: <laughs> well, apparently she's uh, involved with uh, Finn Balor was the last I heard.
2: Uh, so far. We'll see how long that lasts.
0: <laughs> Do you think he gives her the demon on the regular?
2: Oh, yeah. I think I think that if you were to look between her legs, the inside of her thighs were smeared with paint. <laughs>
0: uh, there's, a visual I, there's a visual I did not need. Um, uh, I
2: think you did need it. <laughs>
0: At last weekend's NXT Live event in Tampa, Florida, an overzealous fan charged the ring during a match pitting Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly against Heavy Machinery and Troy's favorite, Cassius Ohno. Uh, Ugh. According to tweets by fans in attendance, O'Reilly straight up kicked the man in the face when he got into the ring before security was able to pull him to the backstage area. And to that I say, salute to you, Mr. Kyle O'Reilly.
2: Why do people still do this shit? You're going to try to rush in and take out people who work out 27 times a day. <laughs> that is your plan.
0: Uh, well, we also because that uh, doesn't
2: seem smart.
0: that's that's the old school mentality too. Now they t- sort of teach guys don't attack them, let security handle it. You know, don't put your hands on them. You don't want to get sued, etc. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly's like, fuck that. I'm I'm kicking the motherfucker in the face.
2: <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly's like, you're gonna come in and interrupt my match. Fuck you!
0: Right, that's pretty much what happened.
2: Yeah, and so. WWE is kind of kind of in that position where it's like, well, I mean, we tell them that they shouldn't, but they also need to defend themselves. We're not going to, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so
0: kudos to Kyle O'Reilly for that.
2: Yeah, kick some more. Uh, let's
0: see. There's a couple of these I don't think we need to touch on here. Uh, interesting. We talked about Enzo Amore. over the weekend. Corey Graves. Had said that he, quote, failed as a father after cracking a joke about his son celebrating like Enzo Amore. Enzo did not let this go as he responded to Graves. Uh, the tweets went like this Corey said, My son just ran to second base and danced like at real one, which is Enzo's Twitter handle, uh, to celebrate. I have failed as a father. Enzo responded with, Nah, you didn't fail as a father. You failed as a wrestler, and that's why they dressed you up in a suit and told you to sit down.
2: He had a uh, concussion.
0: Also, if you've noticed, uh, Corey's commentary has gotten a lot more pointed towards Enzo, and Enzo even took the opportunity Mm -hmm. to uh, take a shot at Corey during his promo this week on Raw. Uh, Clearly some heat between these two.
2: Hard to say there isn't. You know, I think that we knew that there was some heat originally between these two, and there always has been. So this just kind of keeps going with it. And that's not the person that you want to have heat with. I mean, because otherwise you'll end up like, uh, you know, uh, Elias Sampson. I wonder why the fuck this guy keeps making fun of me. <sighs> uh, closing out the news today, the New
0: York Daily News reports that Shane McMahon filed a lawsuit last year that accused the owner of a company based in growing marijuana of duping him out of $500,000. The gist of the story, the way it was reported, was that the son of Linda McMahon, the head of the Small Business Administration, had put up $500,000 for a large stake in Grow, which was a company developed to sell prefabricated modules for growing marijuana in states where pot is legal for medicinal and recreational use, a state I am happy to live in. Uh, the story oh. noted. <laughs> the story noted that other members of Trump's cabinet have been adamant that marijuana shouldn't be legalized. Uh, Linda Mc—oh, sorry. Linda McMahon did not respond to Rick. Oh, did I miss it? Hold on. Yes, Linda McMahon did not respond to requests for comment. EnviroGrow was started in 2012 by Joseph Palmieri, the owner of the Connecticut Tank and Environmental Cleanup Company. He began working with engineering companies to develop modules that would grow marijuana. McMahon's lawsuit accused Palmieri of misleading him about the state of the company. The lawsuit said Palmieri told McMahon that the modules were state-of-the-art in growing marijuana. McMahon invested in the company and went to Fort Collins, Colorado to their manufacturing plant, and according to the lawsuit, found it virtually non-existent and demanded a return of his investment money and Palmieri refused. Palmieri denied the claims in the lawsuit and the CEO of EnviroGrow, Dan Williams, said that the company has been marketing the modules and have orders in four states. Um, I talked a little bit about this during the Flow Slam story, but if you're going to give a motherfucker $500,000, you go and check out what you're paying for first.
2: Agreed. This is also my favorite story of the week because it means that Shane McMahon is totally fucking doping. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes him a pretty cool motherfucker. Is that it?
0: That's it. That's going to do it for the news desk this week.
2: Thank you. You got to close it out. You can't just sit there and watch your fucking (laughs) terrible fucking football team play. (laughs) All right. Let's take a ride over to the Hell in a Cell desk. And bring us predictions. First off, we have American Alpha. Oh, whoops, wrong black guy. Uh, <laughs> Chad Gable and Titus O'Neil. No, origin... no, the, the no, the... Nope, no, nope, no, no, no. Hit me there. Nope. Um, oh, shit. Uh, Matt Hardy and Jason No, 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 wrong, wrong nope. brand. Yeah. Um, oh, got it. Charlie Haas and Sheldon. Nope, Benjamin.
0: No, 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 no.
2: I believe you're looking for uh,
0: Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin.
2: Oh, got it, got it. Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin will take on the Hype on the Mountain Dew Kickstart show.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Gable and Benjamin here, and I think we talked about it a little earlier. I think this is where the Hypros finally uh, have the breakup angle.
2: I love that you gave me shit about saying that earlier, and then you said this is where the bros broke up. So I,
0: it's, I gotta give you shit. It's good. It makes good radio that way.
2: That is true. That is true. Uh, yeah, I don't see any reason why Gable and Benjamin would lose at this point unless they turn Benjamin heel on him. In oh god, uh, a piss break match. To I, I hope this isn't curtain jerk in the show. Randy Orton will take on Rusev.
0: All I'm saying is I'm pulling for Rusev because I want to see more Rusev Day celebrations.
2: That was good. And Rusev deserves to be pushed a little bit more. And fuck Randy Orton. Agreed. Um, Although Randy Orton was
0: surprisingly cool on the Edge and Christian podcast last week, I was a little surprised. I didn't expect him to to come across that well.
2: He's mellowed a lot in his older years. He used to be a gigantic cock, and now he's, you know, he's done everything he needs to do in, the, in this company, so he doesn't have anything to prove anymore. It's like, a, what, a 13-time champion, 9-time champion?
0: Yeah, thir- 13, I believe.
2: 13. Uh Speaking of champions, but the, in this case, uh one that's kind of forgotten, Dolph Ziggler will take his fucking Damien Sandow gimmick and face off against the glorious one, Bobby Roode.
0: Uh, I hope this is rude, because if it's not, it's a big mistake.
2: It is oh, it is difficult to envision a possibility that Dolph Ziggler goes over Bobby Roode here. Uh, considering that they even held Bobby off of TV for the past couple of weeks in order to kind of build this up as a, a stronger feud. Yeah, this is obviously where Bobby needs to go over. Because this is his first pay-per-view match, right?
0: Uh, yes, it is.
2: Not enough about matches that we don't give a shit about anymore let's move on to matches that we actually care about as please God please let this be the last time that Natalia enters a pay-per-view as the women's champion and she will take on Charlotte Flair
0: I this is gonna be interesting because to me this is a great spot and we talked about it in in the past couple of weeks this is the spot to cash in that money in the bank have Charlotte win the match. Have, have her celebrate have Rick come out then have Natalia, Natalia cat come out and cash in right in front of her mm-hmm. this is this is actually where this should happen
2: very true I agree with that um I hope at least we get Charlotte taking the belt off her but yes it would it would add a little simpy to Charlotte to have her win the title and then instantly lose it mm-hmm. um, you get you get the instant kind of uh, heat then on Carmella for the fact that Ric Flair almost died to, you know, because we know that we know something is happening, happening here. This whole reason why she is currently facing Natalia for the championship instead of Naomi. Right. So, yeah, I, I agree. I hope that, uh, that this is the last time we see the fucking farting cat lady as a champion. Um, In the match that, oh, do you have more? No, I, 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 unfortunately I, I
0: have this sneaking suspicion that somehow Natalia is going to still leave as champion. I, I don't well, want it to be. I wouldn't put it that way, but I, I definitely.
2: Well. It we need, sh- we It shouldn't
0: it. happen, so I think it will. Put it that way.
2: Yeah. Well, total deep is on right now, so. Let's not forget <laughs> that.
0: Not yet. Right now, it's total
2: Bells. <sighs> oh, sorry, sorry. Well, it's coming back soon. That's probably why she got the championship. Probably. In the match that in the match that you're most looking forward to, the new day. Take on the Usos in a Hell in a Cell for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh,
0: I am gonna I'm, I'm gonna perhaps go a little bit on a limb here. I'm gonna say the New Day win this here. Um, I, I just I don't see who else there is for the New Day if it's not the Usos. I think this is the spot where the Usos. Need to walk away with the titles. I think we can build off of that. We can move them on to Gable and and Shelton or something. But uh, I I'd make I would make the change here.
2: You'll have to listen back to that because I think you said you're going to and picking the New Day, and then it sounded like you're picking the Usos.
0: Did I? am picking the Usos. I apologize okay. <laughs> if, I, if I misspoke. I apologize. I am picking the Usos.
2: Okay, um, this is what's so difficult about the SmackDown Tag Division is. If, if the New Day retains, we have we have zero heel tag teams to go against them. Uh, if the Usos win, not only can you continue the New Day feud, but you also do have Gable and Benjamin, the Hype Bronies, and, oh, if they're still a thing, and um, the Fashion Police as well. So you have a lot more. You have so many face teams on SmackDown, and you have one heel tag team. Oh, sorry, that's right. We do still have Primo and Epico, but who gives a shit about them? uh so yeah so i would almost say that you put it on the usos just so that you can shake it up a little bit and have a couple of different teams face against them because otherwise you're having face versus face and no face is going to come onto the better end against the new day because not, i'm not i'm not you could have a face go over the new day i'm talking about like promo wise and (laughs) they it's it's hard to put anybody up against the new day and expect them to cheer over the new day so so yes, I w- I'm going to go with you as well. I'm going to say the Usos pick up the championships again.
0: And uh, side note, and you mentioned it earlier, I believe I heard them say that the Fashion Files will be on the Hell in a Cell pay per view.
2: And the rumor, of course, but we've heard it before, is that this will finally pay off. So potentially we get a brand new heel take team. Uh, maybe the Authors of Pain. I think we've. Been kind if they're going to be in that the-
0: War Games match, though, I can't imagine they debut them here.
2: I mean, we've seen it before.
0: I suppose, but so. if anything, I think it's probably Harper and Rowan again.
2: Yeah, probably, So, but we'll see. Uh, in a match that's so important, you decided to make it three times the size of anything else on here. The WWE Championship is on the line <laughs> as Jinder Mahal takes on <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura.
0: I just wanted to highlight where in the list the WWE <laughs> Championship match <laughs> falls.
2: That is true. Mind you, we're talking about this match. We have two more matches listed after this, so obviously this is not the, uh, you know, the, the final set in stone order of matches. But there's no possible way that Jinder Mahal main events this pay per view. It's not even in Hell in a Cell. That's part of way. Um, Hell
0: in a Cell. That would be a great match to keep oh, them out. That's that how. You, that is how you keep the Singh brothers out.
2: That would be, yeah. So we talked about it before, and I'm right there with you. I, As much as I'd like to see it, I don't see them putting the belt on Shinsuke here. I see Jinder is still keeping it, if only because we're kicking off a tour of India.
0: I'm, I'm going to try to be optimistic here, and I'm going to say they put the title on Shinsuke. Maybe he drops it back on the tour of India, um, but I'm, I'm going to try to be optimistic. I'm going to say Shinsuke wins.
2: Okay. Fair enough. Oh, that's right. I was, I was, sorry. I, I was like, I'm like, wait, John Cena's not, no, John Cena's not an in inspector anymore. The United States championship is online as AJ Styles takes on the guy who just lost to Ty Dillinger, Baron <laughs> Corbin.
0: <laughs> is that how he's, that's how they should announce him. Now making his way to the ring, the guy who just lost to Ty Dillinger, Baron
2: Corbin. If if, uh, if only the previous match, they can say, now make a way to the ring, you're WWE champion, the guy who lost to Mojo Raleigh, Jinder oh.
0: That would make for a great introduction.
2: It would. It would. So AJ Styles, does he finally lose this United States champion to somebody else so we can get him back into the main event picture?
0: I hope so. I feel like, like I said earlier, I think this whole Barons losing everything is simply a device to get to Baron winning the title. Uh, you've also already set up the following match, the first program, with Ty Dillinger by virtue of Dillinger beating him. Uh, so I think everything is in place for Corbin to win the title here.
2: I would like to see the Big Breakfast take on the United States. Um,. It's difficult, though, because again, you know, uh, AJ is still over, and depending on what they want to do with the United States Championship, he brings a lot of prestige to that belt. So, um, But uh, I, think I think they're done adding content for his DVD, so this might be the time that they have him drop the belt.
0: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't McDonald's America's favorite breakfast?
2: Uh, so are you saying that Baron Corbin should rename himself Baron McCorbin? You could do that. Okay.
0: Only if he wins, though. If he doesn't win, then it just would be fucking weird.
2: Huh. Oh, that's true. And in what will most likely be the main event of the program, Kevin Owens takes on his boss, Shane McMahon, Inside a Hell in a Cell. It has certainly been the main event in terms of the
0: build. It's been the best program on WWE Television Raw or SmackDown for the last month or so. Um, easily the match that, uh, should steal the show, should garner the most attention. We talked about it. Uh, I, I, if Kevin Owens doesn't go over here, then I don't know what the fucking the point was. Uh, Kevin being the nemesis of the McMahon family as a storyline should continue until ultimately, I, I, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. It's, it's Triple H that probably defends the honor of the family. But I I think for purposes of right now, for this storyline, Kevin Owens needs to go over.
2: I agree. And, you know, Shane doesn't. Shane is one of those guys that he's kind of untouchable in terms of wins and losses. So it doesn't matter if he loses to Owens. It matters if Owens loses to McMahon at this point because he does need to be continue to be shown as a credible person, and especially because you know, right now he could be easily thrust back into the WWE Championship match or, or any kind of championship match and be credible, and if you haven't lose to Shane, he lose a little bit of credibility. So, I think that we are all set in terms of our Hell in a Cell predictions. Uh, I think we both are hoping for a cash-in. Yes. Um, but we will see what happens there. Um, but with that, I think it's time to go on over to the independent scene. Jason, yes, what's going on at Lucky Pro Wrestling?
0: Uh oh, Lucky Pro Wrestling they're presenting Fall Frenzy on Saturday, October fourteenth, from the Elks Hall in Clinton, Massachusetts. All good, Anthony Green and the LPW champion, Vern Vicalo, will have a pick-your-poison match. Anthony Green has decided that Vern Vicalo will defend the LPW heavyweight title against the kingpin, Brian Malonis, and Vicalo has chosen Green's opponent opponent to be fellow horseman, the first-ever LPW champion, Mike Webb. For the first time ever, the LPW tag titles will be on the line in a last-team standing match as the Aristocrats, Zachary Pierre-Belou and Tomahawk, defend against the heavy hitters, and it is, of course, the hitters' last chance at the tag team gold. The Riot, Kellen Thomas, will take on Big Jim Anderson. Also announced, Mass Stone will defend the Hard Knocks title against Cam Zagami. Davianne will defend her LPW Women's Championship in a four-way dance against Delmi Xo, Adira, and Isana. That guy, Scotty Slade, goes one-on-one with the almighty Anthony Stone. Tyler Nitro takes on Machado, accompanied by Taylor Hendricks, and also scheduled, Ilya Markopoulos, Christian Casanova, Natalia, not that one, Christopher James, Pitbull, Marco Santiago, and the return of the Halloween Battle Royal.
2: I feel like Taylor Hendricks should also be accompanied by her tits. (laughs) If you are in the West Allis, Wisconsin area... Check out Brew City Wrestling as they bring the 12th annual Halloween show on Friday. They misspelled October, October 20th, to the Columbus Club of West Dallas. It is Nightmare on 92nd Street, featuring the Costume Royal Battle Rumble. Bell time is 7:30 p.m. Sorry, what'd you say? See, they do it twice, so I know for a fact that that's what this is actually called. Uh, doors open at 6:45. Tickets are $20 reserved, ringside, general admission at the door, $16 or $18, or Two dollars off brucecitywrestling one dot com, and you can use PayPal to pay for those tickets. Already signed. Bruce City Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion Max Holiday puts his title on the line against Tokyo Monster Cahagas. An intergender 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 tag team match as the King of Ice Cream Taylor Sunday, Tyler. Sorry. Every time. Every time. It's or hard. Tyler. Yeah. Tyler Sunday, and Blue Phoenix, Vanessa Azura, will take on the Evil Threat, Evil Dis, and Evil Sierra. We have an eight-man tag team battle, as Team Michigan, Malice, Cobra TA, and the Nomads take on Team Wisconsin, Russ Jones, D.W. Ebe, that's Dweeb, in case you are wondering, Onyx Andretti, and GFW star, oh my god, Marsh Rocket? Is Marshay. that what his name is? Marsh Get a fucking real name.
0: where is where is uh, this match taking place?
2: What do you mean, where is this match taking place?
0: It's it's in Wisconsin, right?
2: Yes. I'm guessing Team Wisconsin's gonna win. Huh. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> also booked as the 12th annual Costume <laughs> Royal Battle Rumble. That's right. You heard that right. <laughs> the AIWF World Women's Championship will be on the line. They misspelled championship too. Come on, guys. <laughs> Midwest Slayer Stacy Shadows will take on Tenshi. Look,
0: Curtis, I, I I sort of yes. feel like after that whole making a murderer thing, there are a lot of uh, people who have a lot of opinions of people up in the Wisconsin area, and they're you know this 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 match announcement on this website is not doing that this, that
2: that this perception any favors. Yes, that's true. I <laughs> uh, remember that the yeah. card, is subject, card is subject to change. <laughs> I'm not going to put your little joke in there. More Fandemonium matches announced soon. Go to Twitter at BCW1 or Facebook Bruce City Wrestling One for more information.
0: Uh, Liberty States Wrestling returns to the John McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody, Mass on Saturday, October 21st. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. Bell time is 7. Tickets are just $10 at the door. Josh Briggs takes on Mass Stone. Todd Sopel issues another open challenge for his No Limits Championship. And the main (laughs) event sees Christian Casanova defend his Liberty States Heavyweight Championship against Ilya Markopoulos in a match you (laughs) do not want to
2: miss. I'm not going to take it out of there. I'm going to change it back every time we try to change it. <laughs> and after uh, careful consideration on to uh, who our fans are, I decided to add another member to our family of independent pro-wrestlers. <laughs> DOA Pro Wrestling presents Halloween Hysteria Saturday, October 28th at the Waddles Boys and Girls Club in Portland, Oregon. The main event is a class of a clash of arguably the two best wrestlers in the Pacific Northwest, DOA Grand Champion Ethan HD versus the former champion Mike Santiago in a no-countout, no-DQ, and no-time-limit match. They go into a lot of detail on this. Am I the (laughs) only
0: one that wishes Ethan HD was facing somebody like Mike SD?
2: Uh, (laughs) Right? Or Johnny Analog? The history between (laughs) these two... (laughs)
0: That is so a wrestling name that needs to happen. Next time I'm at a show, we have a student who's making his debut, and they're like, we need a name for you. I'm throwing (laughs) Johnny fucking Analog out there. That's
2: great. The history between these two men is longer than some people's careers. Former tag team champions in multiple countries both have held every championship in DOA, and both are considered top of the list for the very best professional wrestlers in the Pacific Northwest today. And they will finally clash at DOA October 28th Halloween Hysteria with no restraints, no countouts, no DQ, and no time limit. Dare you say no limits? Uh, maybe, there might be some limits. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's Super Clash of the Crazy versus the Weird in the Hollywood Hysteria co-main event as the unholy duo of Dr. Luthor and the de- the Devil Drexel. He'll t- we'll take on the weirdo hero, Ravenous <laughs> Randy, and the warlord of weird, Sin Bodhi.
1: <sighs>
2: Better names than what I'm about to read in a little bit here. DOA fans were shocked when Dr. Luther turned on his, his repaired tag team partner, Ravenous Randy, at the ninth anniversary and then joined forces with the human horror show Drexel to destroy Randy and his teammates at the War Games bout. Hey, War Games. Luther and Drexel issued a challenge to the Ravenous swan to find a partner and face them in the middle of the ring October 28th. And Randy did just that by making a call to former WWE TNA star Sin Bodhi, the Warlord of Weird. Oh, With a sick and twisted... <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. I've I'll... worked on the indies for 20 years, and God, these are the weirdest names I think I've ever heard. Of. I know. Will the sick and twisted Luther and Drexel unleash pure hell at, hol- at Halloween hysteria, or will things get weird when Ravidus Randy and Sinbodi come for revenge?
0: I feel like oh. we could do an entire show based around reading match announcements from indies <laughs> around the company, country, I, and make, it would be interesting as hell. I am down for it because uh,
2: I'm about to butcher <laughs> some names here. The DOA Pure Championship will, will take place in a three-way dance as the champion Julian Wyatt... White? Wit? W-H-Y-T. I'm gonna go with Wit. We'll take on HBUQ Quiz and CJ Edwards. Oh my gosh. Whoever, get, whoever writes these things is not getting paid enough. At DOA 9th <laughs> anniversary, Julian Wit recaptured the DOA Pure Wrestling Championship by beating Dr. Cleaver in a best 2 out of 3 falls classic. But there's no rest for the champ. As of like October 28th, he has to defend against not one but two former champions in the form of HBQ Quiz and CJ Edwards in a three-way dance. All three men are known for stealing shows around the Pacific Northwest, and we expect nothing less as three of the most exciting athletes in DOA try to prove who is the best pure wrestler in the Northwest. DOA Halloween Hysteria brings you a battle of the brawlers as the Lion of the Pacific Northwest, Wade Hess, will take on the former gentleman, but always a brawler, Eric Wright. It won't be fancy. You're not going to see flips. What you will get is fists flying in an all-out fight. Two of the toughest brawlers in the Pacific Northwest fight over who is the biggest badass in PNW. Will the Lion... Oh my gosh. Will the Lion Wade Hess stay king of the jungle? Or will the cunning and unpredictable Eric Wright strike first and strike deadly? October 28th? Or matches announced in the upcoming days. Advanced tickets available now at doaprowrestling.com slash tickets. Like <sighs>
0: okay, guy got. I got nothing but love for DOA Pro Wrestling, but they need to make this <laughs> shit a little more concise. A little bit but We'll get there. I think we spent uh, more time on the DOA Wrestling announcement than we did the Hell in a Cell predictions.
2: That's okay, because who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, heading back over to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, Insane Championship Wrestling presents TLC Insanity Sunday, October 29th at 4 p.m. at the La Pica Lounge Car Number 3 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Nothing is signed yet. Again, nothing is signed yet. It's hard for me to put over your show if you don't give me anybody that's actually going to be there. Jason? <laughs> uh, we do know some people who are going
0: to be joining us as UFO Wrestling presents their annual Thanksgiving Eve event featuring the Turkey Rumble. It is Harvest Havoc 2017, and it takes place on Wednesday, November 22nd. That is November the 22nd at 7 p.m., this event is a fundraiser for the Tynan Community Center. Matches announced so far. The selfie-made man, Vern Vicallo, takes on Ilya Markopoulos. Furio Falcone versus Osiris. The cool people will make their first defense of the UFO Tag Team Championships. Also, the annual Turkey Rumble with the following competitors already announced. Channing Thomas, Connor Tice, the Castle Island Assassin, Sully Banger, King Leon VI, Ike, and the SOG Ronnie Ribs. If you've ever seen a Turkey Rumble, you know that any and every Everything can happen, including yours truly, winning the Turkey Rumble himself in 2014. Uh, More matches will be announced soon. Front row seats are $15 in advance and $20 at the door. General admission is $10 in advance and $15 at the door. Reserve your tickets safely and securely through the friends and family feature on PayPal at... Paypal.me slash Patrick Dillon, title it Havoc, search for UFO Wrestling on Facebook for more info, but as per usual, UFO Wrestling doubles down around the holidays as they also present Black Friday, that is Friday, November 24th at 7pm from the Bell Time Club Training Center, 40 Broadway Street, Wakefield, Massachusetts. UFO Wrestling comes back with Black Friday, the show presented by the Belltime Club. Tickets are $10 general admission. If you purchase general admission tickets to Harvest Havoc, you can purchase a Black Friday ticket for just $5. So far, the only announcement we have is that the selfie-made man, Vern Vikala, will get his title shot that he earned almost a year ago prior to his injury, finally getting his opportunity at the UFO Heavyweight Championship, and his opponent, will be determined in the match between the Dynasty, Bo Douglas, and the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, at Harvest Havoc.
2: Excellent. All right. If you would like to have a local indie included in our rundown at the end of the show here, please send us an email at rundownwrestling at gmail dot com or Drop us a line over our Twitter, slide right up into our assholes and our DMs, and let us know. And if you are in the Portland, Oregon area, please get me in touch with the guy who writes those things so I can give him some pointers on how to trim things down a little bit. (laughs) But that does it for the rundown for this Thursday, October 5th, 2017. It has been 343 days since 52-year-old Tim Storm won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Any relation to Tony Storm? uh i doubt it uh, because he'd probably be her grandfather uh go to audibletrial.com that's true uh go to audibletrial.com slash rundown for a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial i don't know if anyone has ever done that ever in the history of the show but maybe you could be the first follow us on twitter at rundown podcast email the show rundown wrestling at gmail.com we are now on patreon so shout-out to our very first patron, John Vern- Venrick. Sorry, John. Uh, be like John and head over to patreon.com slash wrestling to become a patron. Currently, there is just one reward level, The Rundowner, which for $5 a month grants you one patron-only episode of The Rundown, which we will be recording soon for you, John. Yeah, we and should, anyway, we should so- talk
0: to John. John, get in contact with us. Tell us what you'd like to hear us talk about in a special yeah. episode.
2: And uh, and thanks thanks for the five bucks. Leave us a voicemail like Sal did, and we'll try to decipher what he said. (laughs) 217-863-6967 at 61-rundown-7. Or even if
0: you don't want to leave us a voicemail, if you want to leave us, if you want to call the Google voicemail line and just play Shinsuke Nakamura's promo so we can try to see what Google Translate does with it,
2: we'd appreciate that too. Hey, that works. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling, uh, where we post all of our episodes as well as other content when we feel like it. Check out all of the shows offered under the Questionable Endeavor Network banner by visiting questendnetwork.com. You can check out the Slash of Sanitarium if you are a fan of horror. That is my alternate show. Uh We also have a brand new member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. I have not listened to them yet, but they are the Reanimator Podcast, a I, I guess a direct competition to the Tuning Japanese Podcast, so... I smell hell in a cell match. There we go. Uh, Check out our Discord channel, because that still exists. Listen to our friends Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Facebook.com slash the WPAN. And, of course, listen to their most recent episode, as Jason Stewart is on there. Absolutely. Subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear our other shows. NXT Revisited, where I have existential crises on a weekly basis. The Rundown Sit Down, whenever that returns. WrestleMania salvation. Hopefully next time in one solid location. shtick. <laughs> glow glow shtick, glow As long as I can find time to record it tomorrow, I will be up. And the NitroMania podcast, uh, which I think is going to be back again this this coming week. I don't think we're going to be missing on a show. <laughs> Excuse me. So I have to ask, are, of- are we
0: are we going to have a new NXT revisited? It sounded like you were you just walked off the set last on the last episode.
2: Uh, go ahead and subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to see if I will be back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Jason. Thank you, Troy. Thanks to Ray Williams for the logo and thanks to Jason for our brand new theme song. It is glorious. No, that's a Do different anything- song. That's true. Do you have anything else you need to put over before we end the show? Uh,
0: no, I'm good.
2: Alright, next week we will bring you Hell in a Cell review. Hey,
0: who's, who's headlining that main, the main event of that show in Portland again?
2: <laughs> I'm not going to scroll back up. <laughs> uh, I think it was, uh, it was HP, HP HTC HPV, HP, HPV versus AIDS and the Lion of the Pacific Northwest Wade Hess. As well as, as, well as the, you know, Tony Analog. Isn't it Johnny Analog? It, whatever.
0: If you're an independent promoter out there, you have to book Johnny
2: Analog. Yes, Johnny Analog. I don't care at this point. If, I need you. Somebody needs the guy's to not
0: along. flashy. He's not crisp, but he gets the job done.
2: That's right. That's right. And his finishing move is called the tune-in. All right. Thanks. (laughs) And we will see you next week.
0: See you next Thursday. Bye-bye. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently abandoned by Adam Salzer and is produced and edited by Jason Stewart. This episode was hosted by Troy Bozen and Jason Stewart. We are a proud charter member of the Questionable Never Network. Check out all our shows, including our other wrestling shows, the Raw Attitude Podcast and the New Blood Rising Podcast, plus articles, Twitch streams, and more at QuestNetwork.com. And tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.